Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, praise God, man. I'm so excited I get to come see you tonight. Amen. Praise the Lord, man. We've been having some really, really um, awesome times just being able to share with you. I'm so excited I get to share with you. Of course, I miss you. But, you know, this Sunday we had our service at 1030, and I got to see a lot of faces I haven't seen for a little bit. Man, it blessed us. It was so good to see some of the family. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing even more of you. Amen. And we've been praying for, of course, um, the country and the world and you know, everything that's going on, and it's just, a, it's good to be together um, as a church family, and it's great to see your face and just talk to you guys. It was so cool. So I was really blessed. Um, I'm happy that I get to come to you now um, through, you know, thank God for technology. Amen. It's been a blessing. Do me a favor right now, if you get a chance, share. Um, you don't even realize the testimonies. I, I w- I'm going to have to try to share some of them. I just don't want the testimonies that are happening from sharing these messages is life-changing. I'm talking about answers to prayer, prayers that have been prayed for years, sharing this, because I'm telling you what I really feel in my heart is that when you, when you allow the message to come to someone's house, it's not as, as um, awkward for them to have to come to the church. And I mean, I think one of the most important things is this, is that you realize that the, the, the coming to the church, coming to the church could be awkward for somebody. I, I don't know if you, if, you, if you kind of pull that in. You know, like they don't know where they're going. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to expect. They don't know how long it's going to be. They don't know what's going to go on. They feel this weird feeling. But when you let it come into their house, and they're just kind of like they'll let their guard down. If I don't like it, I could turn them off. If I, if I, if I don't want to be part of it, I don't have to do it. But, you know, I think the thing is that if we really love people, we want to reach them. And I'm going to say something that's really, really important, and I, I want you to pull this in, is this, is that a lot of people right now are, are wanting to seek God. They're wanting to know more about God. They see the unrest in the world, and they're, they're kind of maybe trying to ser- searching and maybe seeking for the ability that God has for them in this season of life. So how can I make it? Where does my, where does my hope come from? We know hope's going to come from God. So as you share this today, I really am excited about it. And I can't wait for you to, to share this and bring some more testimonies into what God's been doing. So thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing. And uh, it's important that we're making a difference in the lives of people. And like I said, man, we're going to have testimony time, and it's going to be awesome. I got some this week that were like, whoa, really? I mean, God is using the Internet. And, the mess- you know, it's funny. We, so, so much, we see so much stuff on the news, and we see so much um, just, you know, it's almost kind of, It's kind of sad, you know, what you see going on in the earth and you see all this stuff through the news, the news, the news, the media, the the online activity. But I'll tell you, you know, God will take all that and turn it around for good and use technology to bring a light into people's homes. A home might be filled with darkness, but the light of the gospel could come through a device 
to change someone's life. It's the modern day evangelism. So I appreciate you guys. I can't say it enough because I really know how important it is to bring people hope in times when it looks hopeless. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. How many excited about sowing some seed? Glory be to God. I'm going to tell you what, I'm excited. We got testimony, financial testimonies that will blow your mind. I mean, these things have been coming in. It is awesome. Prospering in the middle of a pandemic. Woo! I'm telling you what, man, we are seeing it happen because God's word is not moved by earth. It's not moved by situations. It's not moved by the circumstances of life. Amen. Poverty is not an accident and neither is prosperity. That's the key you got to realize. There's spiritual laws that govern both poverty and there's spiritual laws that govern prosperity. The spiritual laws that are released in either arena produce the harvest of your life. Amen. So here's the thing. I want to read Proverbs 11:24 and 25 to you. It says, there is he that scattereth and yet increase, and there is he withholdeth more than his meat, but tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. So this is the key. It says here. He that scattereth shall receive increase. But he said, if you hold your seed, it will lead to poverty. So the sowing is the key. God makes it clear. If you scatter your money and you give, it will increase you and prosper you. But if you hold on to it, which is not the proper way, and you hang on and you hoard it, you will become poor. God's spiritual laws will not change no matter how uncomfortable that may make you feel. It's still a principle. You may be asking, do you mean I got to start giving to get prosperous? Yes. That doesn't make any sense. I know you like to go, well, if I got it, why can't I keep it? Because there's no trust in that. God's spiritual laws do not make any kind of worldly sense. There's going to be no worldly sense, worldly, the world system. That ain't going to make no sense. You would say, if I need it, why don't I just keep what I have? No, God says, give it away. Trust me. Trust the principles of seed. And guess what? You know, I had a great conversation this week. Um, A lot of really good conversations going on. And I said, you know, the seed does not, a seed, now listen to me, a seed does not really know or care who's released it. It works the same all the time, every time. He that scattereth. So no one is limiting and nothing is limiting your increase of harvest or your financial position in life, but your seed sowing. Man, I'll tell you what, you better take that one to the bank. Nothing is limiting your ability to prosper, but you in the level of seed that you're willing to sow. Sowing seed is the key to the prosperity of the harvest you're going to receive. So basically, here's what I'm saying. It's not up to anybody but you to prosper. He's given you the power to get wealth. God's spiritual laws are not changing no matter what is going on on the earth. Praise be to God. Let's take a minute and let me pray for you. There's a lot of great ways to give. Let me show you these ways to give first, and then we can pray together. Glory to God. Of course, you know the number one way we say all the time. Well, the number one way is the easiest way for you. You know, praise the Lord. I was blessed. You know, it was funny. I walked into church this morning, and there was an envelope laying in the door in the foyer of the church. I was just talking about it on Sunday. Man, I love it. People can't get to church, but they bring their offering and bring it to the church anyway. Man, that blessed my heart. And I know you give the way you give, but, you know, it's so awesome. You guys are so faithful. 
I just want to say thank you because, man, God's got to be smiling. I don't know if it was, if I was God, I'd be, I'd be like, man, these people are awesome. You know, giving to the cause of God, giving to the work of the Lord. You know, we've still been doing our outreach. Teams down there handing out food in the community, doing great things. We're trying to be a help and a light. But, man, how awesome is that? And your faithfulness to give is, is, is such a blessing. Amen. So one of the ways to give is relevantfl.org slash giving. You know how to do that right there. Just go on there. It's all safe. It's all secure. Another way you could do is you could text to give the 386-968-1103. It's right there. 1103 right there, 968-1103. You could text to give, text your dollar amount, right? right It's all on the screen. And then you can use the cash app. Of course, the cash app is dollar sign, relevant FL. And you can put that on there. And it's all there. It's all safe. It's all secure. And, of course, you can mail it in 920 Bevel Road, Daytona Beach, Florida. Now, why, why, do, I, why, do, I, why do I make sure you understand God is your source? Because this is all about trust. And God said, if you trust him with your money, if you trust him with your finances that he gave you anyway, you wouldn't prosper if it wasn't for God. If you trust him, though, he said this. He said, I can take care of you in areas that you don't even know about. I mean, I'll tell you what, he's such a good God. He's awesome. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for every person at the sound of my voice who sowed, every person that even wanted to sow. And I thank you, God, as they faithfully sowed their seed, you're going to faithfully meet every need. You're going to open doors which no man can open, and you're going to do supernatural things because that's what you said you'd do. You said, see, prove me. See if I won't open up a window in heaven and pour you out a blessing. See if you won't have room to contain the blessing I'm bringing you. God is getting ready to bring supernatural increase into your life like never before. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, praise be to God. Amen. Listen, I've been thinking, um, we've been in our series of inviting God in. You know, we're kind of staying right along the line of that. Inviting God into your situation, inviting God into your circumstances. And a lot of times in life, I think what we do is we try to handle it on our own. We try to handle things in our own ability, in our own strength, with our natural wisdom, with natural tools, And sometimes life just becomes overwhelming because we cannot answer the questions of life in the natural. And I really think, you know, Jesus made it clear. He said the battle that we're in in the earth is not flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle of spiritual principles because people are not your enemy And the earth system isn't going to make sense until you get some of the God side figured out. So listen, if we are going to kind of walk through life at a greater level of of God-like manner, behavior, um, if we're going to see the church in the earth, if we're going to walk in love, if we're going to, you know, carry a cause, if we're anything we're going to do, we're going to have to do it scripturally, biblically, and really not natural. Nothing natural about it. So that means I'm going to have to invite God into the situations of life, into my thinking, into my words, into my heart, into every area of my life. And the number one way that I know how to do that is we are going to have to develop some great habits with God 
And we're going to have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And this week and next week, the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about inviting the Holy Spirit in to change maybe the way you're looking at things. Inviting him into the arena of life to help lead you, guide you, and help you. That's what he said he would do. You know, Romans chapter 8 says, you know, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans 8, 14. Romans 8, 16 says the Spirit himself bears witness with your spirit that you are the sons of God, that it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity of God in the earth is Christ in you right now, the hope of glory. Jesus is in you right now. First Corinthians says, know ye not that your body is the temple of the living God, that God is living in you. God is in the heavens. He's, of course, he's seated in heaven. See, it's like this. God, the Godhead, God the Father, and Jesus the Son are in heaven, but the Holy Spirit is in the earth in me and you. We are the living tabernacle of Christ in the earth. So that being said, I understand that I've got to start yielding to the Holy Spirit. I got to start yielding, meaning this. I got to start submitting myself to his guidance, submitting myself to the word, and that's going to be the person. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And I'm going to say something here. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us in Jesus in John chapter 1. But I'm going to say this. The word has become flesh today in 2020 in you through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit within the heart of the believer. So he's in there trying to lead you, trying to guide you, trying to help you, trying to get you there. But if we're not careful, we'll turn the volume down so low we don't hear his voice. But he's here. He's here to help. He's here to comfort. One of the definitions of the Holy Spirit is he's the comforter. The, the parakletos in the Greek meaning what? He's my helper. He's called alongside of me to help me, lead me, guide me. He's a comforter. He's a helper. He's an advocate. He's on my behalf. He's an intercessor. He's in me, living, moving, having his being. He's trying to help me navigate life. He's trying to help me navigate the crazy world we're living in, man. And if you're not careful, you're going to lean over into the flesh and you're not going to really have the God response in life you need to have. So here's what it's going to do. I'm going to give you some powerful takeaways. I think they're powerful. But it's going to take some developed habits with God to change your future. Some developed habits with God to change your future. Number one thing I want to talk to you about is this. I want to talk about prayer. And I'm going to give you a great opportunity. Now, over this series... I asked our prayer team here at the church to do something. This is why I think it's so important you share this. So if you haven't shared it after I tell you, share this with your friends. We have set up a prayer team to help you. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to get you filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to put up a link that you can click on. You could send not just your prayer request, but somebody from the ministry is actually going to call you if that's what you want. Somebody from the ministry would actually even 
FaceTime you if you want. Whatever you need us to do to meet you, to help you get filled with the Spirit of God, we're going to do it. Because I don't want you living through life without the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life. So we're going to be talking about it as we go, that you can actually, you said, Pastor Chris, somebody from the church is going to call me. Somebody from the church not only is going to call you, somebody from the church is going to call you, Zoom with you, FaceTime with you. I don't know what we got to do with you, but we're going to make sure we get you. And we're not only just going to pray for you, we're going to help you in the process of walking out, getting filled with the Spirit of God, so you can have this internal, internal, the eternal, internal guidance system in your life forever. That's what we're going to do. And thank God for the prayer partners here at the church because they're like, Pastor, if you feel it, we feel it, let's do it. So they're going to lead you in the word of God. It's going to be powerful. So one of the things I want you to do, just write these down. Number one, we are going to have to keep an ongoing conversation with God all day long. Just write these down. Hopefully you got time to sit down with a pen and a piece of paper or your phone. Take some good notes. What am I saying? Keep an ongoing conversation with God. God made you and me to communicate with. God made you so he could talk to you. You say, Pastor Chris, man, what do you mean an ongoing conversation all day long? Well, don't leave God in the prayer closet. Don't leave God in your prayer time. Don't leave God. He's in you. Just be aware of him in everything you do. Look what it says in Ephesians 6, 18. It says, pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all manner of prayer, basically engage with God. To that end, keep alert, be watchful, be strong with your purpose, have perseverance, intercede in behalf of all the saints. You are God's chosen people. That's what he's saying. One of the other scriptures that's really powerful is 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Make your life a prayer. Man, that's good, ain't it? Just have a constant prayer. And how many of you know, if you, if you are in the earth right now today, man, you want to be, you better make your life a constant prayer because you might, you might actually, man, I'll tell you what, it isn't easy. You might hurt somebody if you weren't praying all day, you know. There's, there's, you know, I've, I've, it's amazing the level of place that people could go when they're just not thinking, right? Man, my God in heaven. So make your life a life of prayer. So write that down. I got I to gotta keep an ongoing conversation with God throughout the day. You know, it's funny. I've kind of, I, I, I don't know. I'm either, I'm either going to be helping you right now or I'm going to be messing you up right now. I don't really have um, a set time like, ooh, I go pray. You know, like, oh, I, I go pray. Now, I pray in the Spirit in set times, and if you don't pray in the Holy Spirit, we're going we're gonna to help you with that. That link's going to be there, and we'll show you how. We'll talk a little bit more about it as we get into sermons today. But over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about it. But I don't really have, like, ooh, I went into prayer. You know, ooh, I went. I kind of, like, get up and open the monologue with God and keep it going all day long. And it's not just because I'm the pastor of the church. I did it. When I was working in the world, I did it when I was not in the ministry. I did it as a believer. I didn't feel like, oh, I always thought of that. I was like, what do I do? I go into a prayer closet and start my day with God, and then I kind of leave him in the closet like, okay, Jesus, you stay in here today, 
and, <laughs> and I'm going to go face the world without you, and I'll come back here after I get beat up in the world, and then you could, it's like I felt like I was going to go into prayer, and God was going to fill me up, and then I go outside of prayer and fight all this mess and get all beat up, and like I'm like the good Samaritan dragging myself in, and he loads me up and band-aids me up and pours some oil and wine. No, no, no. What I'm saying is this. Keep an ongoing, keep an ongoing open communication for prayer with God all the time. These are the disciplines I'm asking you, some habits to form. So this way, you got to ask yourself, is this where the word of God has taken me or is this where my kind of flesh has taken me? Because a lot of the stuff that we're fighting about, okay, in the earth has already been settled from the word of God. All of that has been settled. But a lot of the ideas that we receive from the earth are not godly. It's anti-Christ. There's an anti-Christ spirit in the earth. It's anti the word of God. See, they're going to try to pull you in, everybody. I'm telling you who it is. It's anti-Christ. That's what it is. Trying to get you to engage. Trying to get you to respond. Trying to kind of almost bait you into arguments. Trying to bait you into wrong ideas, wrong opinions. So don't take it. Don't get offended. Don't just allow God to just tell you, hey, man, this is not flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That's 2 Corinthians 10. But they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. They'll break those strongholds, and they'll put things in the right place, and God will give you the discipline to navigate through life. Man, that is so strong, navigating through life. Uh, one of the things I want, I, want to, I want to help you here with is this. The set point of being open in conversation with God all day long is going to be your consciousness of God's inward being in you. So just remember that. This is not about God coming to get you. You have to go get God. You have to make yourself aware of God from the moment you get up because you're going to have to, you're going to, have to lean into him because he's already in you. That's John 15. Look at the, ver the, the, the verbiage of John 15. If you abide in me. Now, he didn't say, I'm going to abide in you. He said, if you so choose to abide in me, I will abide in you. But here's the key. God never promised, never promised that you, you, he never promised. He said, I'll be with you forever, but he never promised you consciousness of him based upon him. It's up to you to be conscious of him. Now, let me explain that. We're saying, if you abide in me. Well, how do I abide in God? Abide in my word. Now, see, this is what he never promised, like, oh, you know, no, you have to choose. Now, God said, my word's forever established in heaven. I live in you, move in you, have my being. You understand what I'm saying? God never promised that he was going to keep you conscious of him. He never promised that. He said this. He said, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. Now, we know he's in here, but we have to become aware or almost we have to. It's like if somebody was sitting in a room and you walked into the room and you don't choose to acknowledge them, they're still sitting in the room. But you have to go out of your way to acknowledge God being in the room. 
You see what I'm saying? So it's like, you can't just get up in the morning and expect God to go, hello, my son, I'm happy you woke. No, you have to engage God through thankfulness and praise, however you do it. Maybe it's just a little bit of monologue or dialogue. God never said that it was his job to come. He said, I seek and save the lost. But now you have a relationship with him, and now it's our job to engage him on the daily because he has done for us what he's going to do. That's very, very important. So what do I need you to do? Build the consciousness to keep communication going with God on the daily. Why is that? Schedule times of prayer. There's number two. Write this down. You must make sure you schedule times throughout the day of prayer. Write that down. Now, I thought we were supposed to keep an open platform. We are. But we got to start building a habit of inviting the Holy Spirit in. Check your head. Check your heart. Check your reset. Now, this is simple. It's not hard. Remember this. Psalms 119, 164 says this. I stop to praise you seven times a day all because your ways are perfect. I stop to praise you seven times a day. Have you set a reset to go, man, maybe I got to get off of what I'm looking at and get an idea about heaven. You have to. I stop to praise you seven times a day. God didn't say seven times a day is I'm going to nudge you. No, you have to start building the habit. If I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit, I am going to have to begin a habit of checking into the word and checking into heaven. It's really seriously right on because here's the thing. If you do not abide in him, even though he's in you, even though the spirit of God's in you, even though you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you will not yield to the things of the spirit of God. Let me tell you, this is the cool one. Watch this. Have you ever noticed that if you don't, feed on the word of God, and you start feeding on the cares of the world, the worries of the world, the problems of the world. You know, when we got in this pandemic, um, you've seen, like, fear just explode. It was, it was amazing. And the manifestation of fear hit the earth. And then you had to almost be careful you didn't get fearful. It's the truth because it's everywhere. We've seen the racial tension hit the earth. Anger was just bubbling and boiling over. If you weren't careful, you can get angry. You could have a great cause, a, gr a, great, a great concern, a great meaning-filled opportunity to change, but because anger has blinded your eyes, you don't, you don't respond right, you don't see right, you don't act right. Very, very true. Because the atmosphere around you can affect you if you do not have an internal consciousness keeping your compass stayed on God. You know, I, I like that, um, I like the, uh, you know, I like the compass. You ever see the compass? It's kind of cool. I don't, I don't really like walk around with one. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, like wherever you are, you watch TV or you watch a movie, right? And that compass shows them where it is. North, south, east, west. How about this? North, south, east, west, and God. Where's the God compass telling me I should go? 
but I know everything's this. No, where's my God compass inside, my eternal, internal clock of God? Where is it turning me? Where is it steering me? So this is important. If I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost, I got to make some decisions. Listen to this. It, this is so good. In Psalms 23, 1, David said something. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. You've bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Man, it is so good. God is trying to send me and you in the right direction. His way for you is the right direction. Now, here's some of the stuff we've got to understand. The Bible tells me in Psalm 23 that the journey as God has given us, this per se roadmap to life, this Bible roadmap on where to go, this Bible uh, destination explaining opportunity, God has given us a, a, basically a compass. It's a compass to our conscience. Write that down. The Bible is the, is, the, is the compass to the conscience. That's what it does. It keeps you and me headed in the right direction if we're listening to the Holy Spirit. Now listen, the word of God is the number one way we hear from heaven. The inward witness or the voice of the Holy Spirit through a developed conscience is another way we listen. And that's why it's so important for you to get filled with the Spirit of God. I know sometimes you guys go, well, I don't understand the unknown praying in tongues. Well, that's just the benefit of the person. The tongues side of it is the release of the spiritual side. The Holy Spirit in you has a voice through the tongues. You see that? The tongues isn't the Holy Spirit alone, meaning this. The, the Holy Spirit is the person. The tongues are what he gives you to flow in. Does that make sense? Maybe I should have said it better. You know what I mean? But it's not, we don't just get the tongues, we get the person. We get the overflow of the person. We get the guidance system of the Holy Spirit. Let's just say this. Praying in the Spirit is the language and the voice of the Holy Spirit praying through you. Okay? That's why we wrote the champion book, to help you identify and understand we need the Holy Ghost. But how about this? The Bible says there's a roadmap to life through the Word of God. God has given us a compass to our conscience that keeps us headed in the right direction. God has given us a, this is so good. God has given me and you a personal life coach. We got a personal life coach in the Holy Spirit in us. We have the guidance counselor living on the inside, the Holy Spirit, okay? He wants to lead me to the right path. That's what he said. He doesn't want us all over the place. He wants to bring you to the right path. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week, next week, the following week is, man, am I on the right path? Am I on the right thought process to my ways? You know, Jesus said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Not because we were deficient, but because he was more than sufficient. He's like, you better think the way I got to think. I want you to think. You better think good thoughts about you. God, write this down just so you know, God has never had a bad thought about you a day in your life. That's the truth. I think good thoughts to you. My thoughts are good. My intentions are good. God's not disappointed with you. God, God thinks good thoughts about you and me. That's the truth right there. My ways are not your ways means what? You better elevate the way you think 
because I'm thinking a whole lot better about you than you're thinking about you. And that's strong. Isn't that cool? God has never had a negative thought about me a day in his life. Because you got to understand something. He has given me and you not just reconciliation. You know, it's funny. We're using this word a lot, reconciliation. It's true. God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He first reconciled us to him, and then he wants us to reconcile one to another. And what that means is this, is Jesus accepted us, so we need to accept others. I think we, gotta, we, gotta, we have to keep terminology in its right place. Reconciliation doesn't mean this. See, when we, this is, this is probably like, this is probably help somebody. Reconciliation doesn't mean you come into the world of my world the way I want you to come in. Reconciliation, the ministry received, is this. God has reconciled God to man based upon what Jesus did. Now you reconcile man to man based upon what Jesus did. There's no requirement to come into reconciliation because there was no requirement from heaven for you to enter into reconciliation with God. So this is the thing. There's no judgment in reconciliation. Reconciliation's been given as a ministry. Now sow it. There's no requirement to come in to reconcile. Now if you have an earth argument, there's going to be demands, stipulations, contract terminology, a lot of stuff. But God's reconciliation is first love because he reconciled us through love, breaking down the wall of separation. Separation was annihilated because of what he did. So if you try to build a brick wall to separate, love can tear it down. It's really a cool thing because what, well, we, we can go on that for a while. We've got the counselor on the inside. And he is okay with me. He gave, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, this is so powerful. Unreprovable, unblameable in his sight. So that means that he did. Jude even said it like this. Jude said, he can keep you from slipping from the place he placed you. I paraphrased it. But man, isn't that good? He put you there. He gave you the place. He's keeping you there. He's sustaining you. It's his constant intercession for me and you keeping us in that place. My God in heaven. That's so good. So that he leads me in the path of righteousness, rightness. That's where he's trying to bring you. He's trying to bring me and you in the perfect path. That means God is keeping me and you on the right course. That means God is keeping me and you right in the plan. That means God's plan's good. And because he's good, he promised he's going to guide us. And I'm telling you what, this is a big one. How in the world are we going to get there? We got to be what? A listener. How do you learn to get God's will in your life and his guidance? Here we go. I'm going to start building these out now. This is why you got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why they put this link. So now listen, before I get going in a lot of this terminology, I'm going to ask you something. If you're a believer, maybe you're not a believer and you need to become a believer, become a believer. Get born again. If you're not born again, there's, there's, there's going to be stuff up on the screen to help you connect with the church here. We're going to help you. Do I got to go to your church? Absolutely not. Do I have to become a member? Absolutely not. We are the body of Christ. All you got to do is take one step. One step of faith will change your life forever. You know, 1994, I got, I got saved and filled with the Spirit of God. Changed my life forever. 
I think everybody listening that's been changed by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit could testify to this. There's no one like him in all the earth. So if you're out there today and you're a believer and you say, I'm not even a believer, then become a believer. You could contact us. We're going to help you. If you're a believer and you say, Pastor Chris, I heard a little bit, a lot about the Holy Spirit. I want to be serious with you. I'm a little tentative. I'm a little bit reluctant. I've seen some stuff. The church has said some stuff. I don't understand it. All you need to do is contact us here at the ministry. We're going to get back to you. We're going to get back to you any way we can. We'll send you an email if that works best. We'll call you. We'll Zoom you. My gosh, you know what? If we get so good, if we can get a group of people together, I'll come in on the Zoom. I'll shoot a video. I'll shoot a special video just to help you. Whatever we have to do to help connect you to him so you can have this guidance system on the inside, we need. Now, you might say, Pastor Chris, I am saved. Why do I have to get filled with the Spirit? Well, the Bible says really clear that you have a measure of the Holy Spirit. But when you get filled with the Spirit through the evidence of the praying in the Spirit and all the other things that go along, that you get the overflow of the Spirit and your body. Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching out all the inward parts of the insides. What does that mean? It's the light bulb into the future. It brings illumination. It's like a light. This is what I like to say. If we were in a room and we had a light on, if you get born again, the light would just be on dimly. But the minute you, you know, I got a dimmer on the house. You know, like one of those switches, you click it and you turn the knob, you know, and the knob, you know, when the knob's on like real low, it almost looks like it's off. You click it and like, I've even done that before. I clicked it and said, where's the light? But it's so light, you can't see it. But when you turn the knob, it becomes brighter. Getting saved is like clicking the light. It's just a little bit of light. But the minute you crank it up and get filled with the Spirit of God, the whole room becomes really bright and illuminated. There's no dimmer switch anymore. I could see clear. I could see clear. He's going to clear up your picture. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. So click the link. We'll talk more about it. But here's one of the things I need you to know. If I'm going to follow this internal system of guidance, I can't follow a world that doesn't follow God. Write that down. If I'm going to follow this thing, I cannot follow a world that doesn't follow God. That's so powerful. Think of this. You can't serve God and anything else at that level. You can only have one number one, and it's got to be Jesus. Don't follow the crowd in doing what's not right. You cannot conform to a culture and just be like everybody else and be led by the Holy Spirit. You better write that down. You cannot conform to our culture and be just like everybody else and be led by the Holy Spirit because he's going in a different direction. Man, I could feel the weight in that statement. If you're going to follow God and the Holy Spirit, he's going in a different direction in the world. You, I want you to sit on that and meditate on that for a minute. What do you mean the Holy Spirit's going in a different direction than the world? You think the world's listening to the Holy Spirit? What? Don't follow the crowd. Because they might just be doing wrong. You can't conform to our culture and be like everybody else and be led by the Spirit. 
He's going in a different direction. Now, I know what you're saying. Well, how do I know what direction he's going in? We got to follow the word. We got to follow the spirit. Don't copy the behavior or the values of this world. Instead, let God transform you into the new person you've been called to be by changing the way you think and changing the way we act. Then you're going to know something. Look what Romans 12, 2 says. This is NLT. Don't copy the behavior or values of this world. That's what he's saying. You know what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, just, acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed, but be ye transformed to the renewing of the mind. In the Amplified Bible, it says, this is your act of worship, surrender. Listen to what the NLT says. I like it in the NLT. It says, do not copy the behavior or values of this world. Instead, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. I got another translation here. Don't copy the behavior or values of this world. Instead, let God transform you. Ooh, I like that, right? We just said that in NLT. The reason you don't know sometimes what God wants is because you're too enculturated with this culture. Now, I want to explain something to you when I said it. You can't think like the world and think like God thinks. They're, one and they're different. What do I mean culturated? What do I mean be saturated in culture? Well, the earth has a culture that's different than the word of God. If I start talking about what I see in the word of God to the earth, you know what they say? You're out of your mind. What do you mean? about? What are you talking about? It's a, the Bible says a natural-minded man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God because they are unfruitful to his mind. He doesn't understand it. He can't grasp it. He can't figure it out. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life, even the word of God. Un, un, untrained in the word of God, even the word of God can almost be hard for people to navigate because it takes the spirit to bring illumination. This is why you need the Holy Spirit supernaturally to help you. Don't copy the behaviors or values of this world, guys. God's got greater plans. God's got greater ability. Here's one of the biggest things. If you want to be led by the spirit of God, I can't really follow my friends that ain't following God. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this one's probably where I'm going to stop after this one. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I had some people running with me in the beginning. I can't follow them because they're not following God. I've had some great friends in life. You have to stop letting friends set the course of your life. Sometimes this is one of the greatest things with the church is that people try to do good, but the good they're trying to do isn't God good. It's humanly good. One of the things, uh, one of the people, one of the reasons why people miss God and the plan of God for their life, because these one of the things they, it's they're not keeping good company. Proverbs thirteen twenty says this: Keep good company with wise friends, and you'll become wise. But if you associate with fools, your life will suffer great hurt. That's kind of hard. I know what I'm saying when I say that, but make sure your advice is coming from the right source. So important. If I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God, my advice has to come from godly counsel, the Word of God, 
people that understand maybe the things of God a little bit more than somebody else because here's one of the biggest things. If I'm following people that don't know where they're going, you know, the Bible said it like this. If the blind are following the blind, everybody's going to wind up in the same ditch. I'm paraphrasing it, but it makes sense, doesn't it? If I'm so, you ever follow somebody? You know, the other day it was funny. <laughs> we were walking. It was last night. We were walking, you know, and this lady was lost in my neighborhood. It was hilarious. And she didn't know where she was going. And I knew exactly what I was doing. And, and Pastor Liz, God bless her, was going, no, no, no. I said, I said honey, honey, honey. She, the lady's like, how do I get out? I said, all you got to do is stay on the road where you're at and go all the way down. And you're going to come to a fork in the road, bear to your right, go to the end, and make a right. It's only one right. That's all you got to do. When you come to the dead end, make a right. And I'll tell you what, PL was the best. She's like, no, there's a thing and a thing. And I told her when the lady was there, I said, you're confusing her. Stop. Just, I'll explain it to you later. You know, I was very polite, but I said, hang on. And then we went, we talked about it for 10 more minutes. I was right. It's, I'm not saying I got to be right. It's one turn, but you know what the difference was? The one road turned into a different name when it gets a little bit further ahead. But just stay on the road. If you don't follow the right advice, you're going to stay lost. You could be getting advice from people where you don't know where to navigate, and because they don't know where they're going at that moment, they can lead you down a path you don't need to be on. Somebody's got to know where they're going. Why was I confident to give the lady directions? Because I knew what she was asking. I knew the question. Now, I'm not saying I know everything, but there are some questions you probably have. Who's giving you the information on how to get out? Because if you don't follow the right information, you'll still be riding around the subdivision three hours later trying to figure this thing out. You could be in the right place and have people around but listen to the wrong voice, and it costs you stuff you can never maybe replace. Here's one of the things you do. Stop letting people set the value system of what you believe. Unless they're the right source, it's important. Make sure your advice is from the right source. God wants you to have friends. God doesn't want you to stop having friends that are unbelievers, but I can't listen to unbelievers. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say something here, guys. It's a little bit kind of like it gets a little less. I can't really follow the guidance of uh, believers who are a little bit carnal because they don't really have a safe voice. Some of the big things is this. God wants you to have friends who are unbelievers so you can influence them, not so they influence you. That's one of the greatest things I think. You know, when I first got saved, I never forget this. When I first got saved, um, I, I was here, and I, I, we, were going, we were going back where we, we, were, we came from. You know, I was in New Jersey, and I was going to go home. And um, I went home, and my friends were all, they thought I was going to barber school. I'm like, I got saved. I was telling them all the story, got, getting ready. And, they, and I told them, I'm going to Bible school. And then my buddy's like, you're going to Bible school? You're going to be a barber? They thought I was going to be a barber. Obviously, I don't have no hair, so I ain't going to be a barber. God bless all the barbers, right? But I was like, no, I'm not going to barber school. I'm going to Bible school. And they're like, you ain't going. You, you, you're going, you're going to Bible school, you? And I said, yeah, I'm going to Bible school. I got this thing with the Lord. And they're like, okay, we'll check this out. And I never forget when I went home and I seen them, all my friends, and they had, they had seen me now, the new, the new creature, but they remembered the old creature. And it was funny, you know, I had moved, and they're like, man, this is really cool. And I was witnessing to him and talking to him. And I never forget this statement I made. Never. I've seen it. And they're like, man, we wish you were still around. And I said, you know what the problem would be if I was still around? You would have to make a choice to either come with me because I'm not going with you. i never forget it. I told them right to their face. I said, because this is what I knew even as a young believer, that if I stay with you, you're going to take me where you're going. 
you're going to take me where you're going. But if you stay with me, I'm going to take you where I'm going. And I kind of knew that this would be the conflict for everyone. It's going to be a conflict for you too. I'm going to have to stay with what I believe and where I love you guys. I want to see you come. But you're either coming with me or I'm going with you. And I'm not going with you because I've been where you've been. I'm going where he's taking me. And sometimes in life, that's what happens. You've got to separate from the voices of well-meaning, loving, concerned, maybe family members, friends, people you associate, people you hang out with, people you go to dinner with. Man, there's just some stuff I could say, okay, I don't want to get in strife. But here's the thing. we got to love people no matter what kind of lifestyle they got. I'm telling you. We, we could, now listen, I'm going to say something. We got to love people no matter what kind of lifestyle they have. We got to love people no matter what kind of value system they have. If they, they, I'm telling you, man, we got to love people. Listen, I'm telling you here now, people might have prejudice or there might be injustice or maybe they got these wrong opinions about sexism and racism and all these other kind of things of everything going on. We got to love, we got to love people. But sometimes we have to, we don't really have to like the value system that they keep. We don't. We can hate the value system that they've, they've acquired, but we got to love people. Does that make sense? We don't condone any of that stuff. Like chauvinistic behaviors, you know, racism, hatred, all that stuff. We do not condone it. There's a lot of noise out there. We got to get rid of all that stuff. We got to walk in love. Look at what John 3 and 7 says. Delightfully loved children, don't let anyone divert you from this truth. The people who keeps doing what is right proves that he is righteous before God, even as the Messiah is righteous. Did you get that? Delightfully loved children, don't let anyone divert you from this truth. The person who keeps doing what's right proves that he is righteous before God. Keep doing the right thing. Now listen, we, 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 don't, we don't keep those mindsets. But we got people around us that do. We can love them, but we don't, we don't have to listen at the level that they want to go. We can't, we've got to separate from some, some things we don't need to be around. If I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit, um, I'm not going to have to I'm going to have to really be selective in who I'm listening to. I'm going to have to be really selective who I'm getting my information from. I've got to be really selective. And guys, you know, we don't want to see, we don't want to see, we don't want to see anybody go down a road that they don't need to go. But I promise you this, we could love people, but we could hate the system, the systems that don't line up with the word of God. Don't follow systems that don't line up with the word of God. Walk in love. But here's a, here's a step higher with the Holy Spirit. Am I being led by God? Or am I being led by stuff? What's leading me? What's guiding me? What's helping me? Here's one of the great things I want to leave you with. As we get ready to get even more into this, have I invited the Holy Spirit in? As I invite the Holy Spirit in even more, do you have him where you need him? Is he 
in here. And if he's not, you can get him in here. You say, Pastor Chris, I, I got an idea, but I need more of them. I, I, I'm not saved, but I want to get saved. Well, then get saved. We'll pray right now and get you saved. You might say, Pastor Chris, I'm not filled. Well, then you just click right there on the link, take your phone, put it in there, contact the ministry, we're going to get you filled. What you don't know, we're going to help you with, and what you don't understand, we're going to be there. You got to understand, that's key. It's important for us to follow the Spirit of God, but you got to check in with him to make sure you're on the right road. One of the things we're going to talk about in this series is this. Have I, am I willing to ask him to come in? That's a big one. Am I willing? Have I been willing to ask him to come in? I can't look. Next week we're going to talk about this. I can't look to another source besides God. That's so important. God has to be my source of information so I can take the successful steps to make sure I stay on the road that God's got me on. And I promise you this, I talked about it Sunday, and I'm closing with this one. You're going to have opportunity like I am to get pushed out of love. Offense is coming for the word's sake. Listen, we don't, we don't, we don't condone um, people's behavior. We're not condoning people's system. We're not condoning the system of the world. The system of the world is is crazy. And it, and it's might be probably going to stay like that because the only way to change the world is get the system of God to come in through love. And the key is this, stay the person of love. You say, Pastor Chris, I don't know. How am I going to figure out? I said that to say this. How am I going to figure this out? Give me one simple takeaway today that I can go with. God is love. I don't know what the word of God says. What, lo- what would love do? What would God's love do? I think the filter of life is love. So how would love respond to your spouse? How would love respond? And people say, well, I'm going to get taken advantage of. Yeah, well, that's what love does. Love gives even when it doesn't want to give. How, what does love do with your spouse? What does love do when your kids are driving you up a wall? What does love do with how does love respond? If you could filter your thoughts through love, and if you don't know where love is, go read 1 Corinthians 13, right, in the Amplified Bible. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love is pure. Love doesn't get boastful. Love doesn't remember suffered wrong. It just, it's, 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 it's brutal for the first couple of minutes, but you got the grace to do it. So pull it in and goes, how does love respond? How does love walk? How does love talk? Let no Ephesians suit. Ephesians 4, 2, 9. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edification that it may minister grace unto the hearer. Is what I'm going to say about you going to minister grace about you? Otherwise, I'm not allowed to say it. If what I'm going to say about, if what I'm going to say about leaders, if what I'm going to say about, you know, if what I'm going to say about people, if what I'm going to say about the country, if what I'm going to, is it, well, you know, here's what it is. If what I'm going to say about the people I love, if what I'm going to say about my lost friends, if I'm going to be led by the Spirit, let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. 
This is powerful. He's a gentleman. You grieve him with your mouth. Grieve not the Spirit of God. You grieve him with your words. There's people thinking they're led by the Spirit of God. They stopped being led by the Spirit of God a long time ago. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. But don't grieve them. Because if you grieve them, you're closing your compass. And you're walking around blind. And an earth that's dark enough right now. Don't, don't try to navigate through life without him. He's trying to help you. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I feel a strong anointing here. It's touching people's lives right now. I need to be right with you. And as long as I'm right with you, you can help me in the earth. Thank you, Father, for leading me. Guiding me, helping me, adjusting my heart, change my mind, transform me, move supernaturally in my life. Let me see what you see. Let me feel what you feel. Let me know what you know. Lead me through this season and transform me. I thank you, Father, that I need the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, if you're out there and you need him right now, care when you watch this video, contact us. We want to help you. I want to help you find him. I love you. God loves you. There's a way for you. I promise you that. He's going to lead you and guide you. When you don't know what to do, he'll be there to help you. So, Father, I thank you for keeping them and blessing them and watching over them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. I'm going to be back. Don't forget Get in the house, hallelujah, Sunday morning, 1030. It's Father's Day. It's going to be awesome. Come on in. Praise God. We're going to have a great time. We got a little surprise for all the dads. So dads, get on out there. I think, I don't know. I think there, I heard there's a surprise. I, I can't. It's probably food. Praise the Lord. Amen. So come on out. Hallelujah. Don't worry about it. We're keeping the social distance going. We're going to be doing what we're supposed to be doing. You know that. We got one service. Nine o'clock will be online. 1030 will be online online. Sunday night will be online. Me and Pastor Liz been having a blast. Amen. It's been great being with you. Chris Sarno TV is launched. It's ready to rock and roll. But be in the house live Sunday morning, 1030. We'll see you there. I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.